This content is suitable for curious and objective listeners and viewers only. User discretion is advised. You know, they say if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you go. Congrats on fatherhood. What do you got, a uh, uh, son or I got a boy? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'm up, I'm up pretty early because of him, so it's a good time to get it in. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, man. So, so congrats. How how old? He's really zero. <laughs> I had him like five days ago. Oh wow! Big congrats! Wow, man. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, is he is he carrying on the the name legacy? Oh yeah, you already know. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So is he gonna be junior or third? Oh, he's not getting the name like a junior or third, but he's carrying that last name, which is important. Yeah, that yeah, and and that's even better, honestly. Let him have a fresh start. Yeah, gotta have his own name. I'm, I'm already Malik. Yeah, <laughs> you you're in fatherhood in the early stages, so I I really appreciate this, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm um I'm glad to be on, man. I'm glad that you thought of me and how uh, we're gonna get it in. We're gonna have a good end. And in case you oh, yeah. don't know, we have a legend in the building. We have <laughs> Archbishop Ultra Legend, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have Ohio Legend. Right, we have a Notre Dame legend, we have a UF legend, right? We have a overtime legend, we have a CBS sports legend, a Sirius XM legend, we have Mr. Malik Zaire. Also, congrats on fatherhood once again, you know, brand new father. So, and fellow lefty, so I had to get you on. <laughs> you already know it's the only one way to do it. Exactly. So we have Malik Zaire in the building. And like I said, man, thank you for, for taking time out your day to have this conversation. And, you know, the goal of this conversation is to just share a student athlete's journey um, and what it takes, you know, from high school, from even before high school, because when you playing sports, your job begins as soon as you play peewee <laughs> and your, <laughs> your goal is to keep advancing and keep getting promotions right and it starts yeah. uh absolutely i mean i think nowadays it's more so like that but you know back when we was growing up it was all about just having fun really getting better and being competitive with your friends but now i mean these kids take it very seriously as a eight-year-old and up you know when I was doing it, I was riding my bike to the park and, you know, just trying oh, yeah. to play. And, you know, people don't even ride bikes no more. <laughs> they don't even ride bikes no more. It's sad, man. <laughs> you know, everything is very specialized. So that's mm -hmm. why I think it's important to have an updated conversation on, all right, if you're trying to pursue your goals, like, it's not no more, hey, you got you to gotta do it for the love and for the work. <laughs> And for the work, it's probably the work first because I don't see too many kids doing it this long having that much fun, you know. That's real. That's real. That's real. I know, and I and I have I have uh you know little ones that are in my little group, and you know what I'm saying, and you you watch them and you're like, yeah, like it, like you said, there's so much pressure that goes into it, you know. Yeah, that they give themselves, you know. What I mean, it's like they want to make the NFL in fourth grade. I'm like, you got a, a lot of years. That's a long time to be so focused on just doing that. You know, Like you said, take advantage of opportunities. It's not the end all be all. No one's an athlete from the day they, they're in here to the day they're out of here. You know? I mean, I feel like I'll be athlete in okay. some respect. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I I'm I'm saying professional. Oh yeah. And in terms of being a professional, because I agree, I'm still hooping now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just came off of actually hip surgery, and um, I had hip surgery in August. Ooh. And I yeah, it was crazy. And That's the worst. Damn. Yeah, you're right. Cause it's ligaments. It's not even a bone yeah. that you know. It's it's like I'm altered. I got two gunshots to the leg. It's crazy. <laughs> Damn. But even with all that, you know, and not being able to walk for two, three months and getting to the point now where it's like, yo, I miss it so much. Just being just being a competitor, you know, yeah. just being someone that wants to get out there is, you know. Yeah, like, like I never left, you know. Yeah. It's like riding a bike. Exactly. It's like I'm not going pro, like to your point, you know what I'm saying? Well, you're still going to dominate for the next 40 years in seven on seven. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right? I can't wait to start doing that. Yeah, hell yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, it's like now that you have a son, which is a great uh conversation starter with this conversation, it's like you're teaching him, yeah, if you want to be an athlete, do it for love, do it for passion. But we're also gonna have you the mindset of, all right, look what dad's doing with these businesses. Let me get mm-hmm. you, let me get you active with that. You know, let this be something that we can bridge down and keep this in our our family and you know build from within so like i said man i appreciate you uh taking part of this conversation yeah hell yeah man i mean this is a much like you said much updated conversation because people need to be updated because i think a lot of strategies are changing new ways where you got to adapt to i think a lot of us are still thinking like we got to just go get to college and we made it you know so definitely an updated conversation Exactly, because as we know, man, college is a, a networking opportunity. It doesn't guarantee you no work, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 to your point, I like having this conversation because for me, I get I'll share some some personal. I'm working in college, did internships, and then I apply for jobs, and now they're telling me I'm overqualified. Oh. And, which is crazy. That's worse right? than that's worse than not even you know going. Yeah, cause and, and here's it. Let me tell you something that's crazy. I'm an intern, and I had an interview for a position above me, like a, a full time. And I'm an intern, yeah. and this person literally told me, she's like, "Yeah, you know, I just think you could just do this job and you get bored by it. So I, I think you're just too good for this." And I'm thinking, my head, I'm like, "Huh?" I I didn't know what to say, honestly. I didn't know how to respond. You didn't know whether to be like impressed or be like, what the fuck? You know, what's going on? You know, absolutely. It's crazy. Right? (laughs) So, so right? And and that's the thing. I was like, yo, and this is one of the best, best brands. And I'm thinking like, yo, don't y'all want the best? Like, what are you (laughs) What is what is really going on? I had never heard that ever in my life. I never knew yeah. that was the thing. And then I was actually watching the I watch podcasts and I watch um yeah. I was watching Big Bang, right? And then okay. Inky Johnson. And Inky Johnson had the same thing happen to him, but it was like for uh a making it to the I, league. What? Well, in terms of when is when he got his injury and, and making it to the league and bouncing no, back. No, it was when after his injury. He was trying to go back to he was working as a DB coach for I think Tennessee. Then he oh, went yeah. then he went back to Atlanta to go work at a gym 
and they told him he was overqualified. And that's the second yeah, yeah, yeah. I've ever heard. That's the only other person beside me I've ever heard was like, yo, overqualified. Because I didn't, but that's probably a thing, but I didn't even know that was a thing, you know? So that's why, like you said, an updated conversation of we need to be more strategic about college and what you're going there for and why you're going there. Like at the same time, I got my internship through FSU when I went there for grad school. So it's like, I made sure to use college and not let it use me. But at the same time, I also had student loans, even though I had a scholarship. Even though you had a scholarship, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't really calculate and do the, do the I was 17, 18. And, yeah. and you just get in, you know, financial aid and you thinking like, yo, this is free money. Oh, let me just... Yeah. You know, you're not really understanding. You just signing the paperwork. You're not reading the paperwork. You just you're not reading. You got to pay that shit back. Yeah, you just thinking <laughs> like, you know, your mom's telling you like, yeah, you know, like I can't pay for it, but you know, if you want to go, you can go. It's like, I mean, what else? Am, what else? Am what else? I'm gonna do. You know, but it's like only because no one's being exposed to any real scenarios you know as my mom like you know she wasn't she didn't go to college so mm. she's working a sales route but she's doing that as a young black woman with kids you know what i mean yeah so yeah. it wasn't like she could like sacrifice and go hard with like a non-commission but a high opportunity because she's like yo kids i need to i need to i need to do that 24 7 yeah so, so like you said, I think it's just time for, for updated conversation. So uh, to go back to you, right? So describe who were your early influences growing up and who were your, ro- your, role, your role models? Now, I think, you know, your dad is very important in your life as a, as a guy. Because that's your first role model. And then, and then just to have a good example by him, just kind of set the wave of, you know, even following who else to follow, you know, that were like similar minded or were kind of like my dad in terms in terms of values and stuff. So I was fortunate enough to have my dad be that influence um, early on. You know, he got me into football as one of my first coaches. So um, it really played out. You know, I think I can be an example of what can happen if you have your daddy in your life in that aspect, just supporting just the day to day, because you don't even have nothing you like because it's, you get it from your dad, you know, as a reflection of him. So, you know, um, worked out. And then other than that, just doing the going through the football thing, I looked up to like Michael Vick. He was a big player, another lefty, uh, changed the game. So, that was like my motivation is like, okay, it's not many of us. And if he's doing it, I know I can at least be two, you know, it can't be too tough. So um, that kind of just kept me fueled the whole time and, you know, got me pretty far. So um, through that, you just get different inspirations along the way. And, you know, you got to keep the, the train rolling. That is huge. You know, for me, I didn't, I have a very interesting relationship, you know, with, with my dad and uh, Mm. it is, you know, not that, not that pretty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think deep down, you know, that's one of the reasons why I also made this as a way of like, yo, I know there's a lot of people, there's more people like me, I feel like than you. Mm. you So Mm. I I like just hearing the perspective of like, 
this is what it can be, but also sharing with people like both ways you can still be successful because absolutely there's plenty of people with both ways. I have a f- conversation with my friend, and we always mm-hmm. talk about it. We're both black men. We're all and I, he's with his dad. I wasn't. I'm like, yo, bro, like you don't you be taking for granted like what mm-hmm. you have, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you be downplaying it, and I'll be like, yo, because. The other side, it's, yeah, it's just tough, <laughs> and, and it it really messes with you psychologically. Mm-hmm. And then, as us, we're also wish fighting the hardest fight out of anybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and like, like you don't got no leader. Yeah, out of all people on earth, yeah, like, facing the hardest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's and true. then it's like. Well, they were raised by the, the, the person that gets the least amount of respect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's really, it's really, it's really, a, it's really a battle. So that's why I like sharing, I like making this because you get it, someone now with internet, you don't, even if you don't have the, you know, the father figure or the role model or the, cause some people have dads and they're not father figures. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Well, so very true. It's like, so it's like regardless of what situation you're on with technology, with YouTube, with podcasts, there's a, a way for you to get information and, and understand like what's good and what's not good. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so in high school, right? What was your work ethic in your, your sports training? Like, did you, did you, were you into it with the trainers at, at that because we're the same age we're both 26 so 90s kids mm-hmm. 2000s you know it really wasn't all it was, that, but yeah, we was on the grind that. i feel like it was a different grind though. yeah different grind. Different grind. <laughs> yeah so in, in high school man i was all about you know being number one in ohio and then being the number one do a threat pro threat whatever the fuck i mean whatever you know what i'm saying so i would always look on the little rivals charts and know and know where the camps because you know camps was big at that time so I would know where, where, where all the top dudes would be going to camp and I'd be like I gotta go you know and do better so you know I always stayed on that that mindset then I got into Eric Thomas when I was in high school too pretty heavy and so you know listening to his stuff every day had me turned so you know I was all into the you know work three get up early you know do all that and so you know that really got me going into the gathering other like my teammates and other kids from around the area to you know work out in, in the off season and you know get real real tight as a network and it just you know end up spurring what ended up leading to like I wasn't a huge like lifter or nothing but you know I knew the importance of having some weight on me so I went to like a trainer but it was more like a like a, we weren't lifting crazy but we were doing like plyometric stuff you know a little stuff you know like rehab type of training but it was it was cool because it gave me that that base you know that good technique so um I did that through uh through high school and ended up getting those offers and it just just kind of took off from there so talk about your camp experience because you also is that how you got into elite 11 you would just go to these different camps and perform well and then just kept moving up the rankings (laughs) Yeah, so I went to like seven camps my sophomore going into junior year. I knew that was going to be a big year to get offered. And then at the time, it was like, if you got offered by Cincinnati, you straight. You know what I'm saying? You're going to hit the, the hit the top. So first camp was I did the, the one day. 
the one day college camps was like the most important, the junior days and stuff. So I did the one days. My first one was Cincinnati and went up there, crushed it. I'm probably my best camp to this day. Like, I don't know what it was, something in the Gatorade or something, but I crushed it and got my first offer after that camp. And I just knew what time it was. I said, okay, I'm going to the top with it. And what I was doing work, you know what I'm saying? So I got a chance to prove myself right, which is really what I think is the difference from people that are really going after something and really not knowing what they want to go after. Uh, it's that moment where you prove yourself right after you figure out whatever routine you believe is right. And that usually is the seed that takes you to the top. So, you know, once I got that first offer and I feel like I knew what to do, it was just, it was just on, on smash. So the Elite 11 came up. I knew I wanted to first get a big offer and then go to Elite 11. Because then I wanted to go from being the best in Ohio to being the best in the country. And I knew uh, Elite 11 was huge at the time. And, you know, I watched the TV show with Jameis and Gunner Kill and all those boys. So I said, I got to be on the next one. So went up to a regional camp, did really good. Um, and then I was having offers at the time. So kind of got me through a lot of tape and um Went to a camp, crushed it. My Notre Dame fit on at the time I committed. And, you know, it was all from there. Notre Dame made it. And then I won the Elite, I mean, won in the Elite 11. So going into college, I felt pretty good. And can you talk about why why Notre Dame? What what was it? Was it athletics? Was it academics? Was it both? Was it because you're in that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's never been like, there hasn't been a, left-handed black quarterback ever at Notre Dame. And it's just, you know, that's just a place we don't really get a chance to really experience. Like, that's not, you don't hear that very often. So, you know, it's one of those things where you couldn't, it was like, there's no way I could say no. You know, I had Ohio State at the time, I had Alabama at the time. But, you know, I'm like, if if I can play at least two games at Notre Dame as a black quarterback, I know I'm going to the league just because, like, who's ever done that before? You know what I mean? So uh, that was, like, kind of my thing for it. And then, uh, I mean, it worked out pretty well. I mean, I ended up getting a chance to commit, and, you know, it took me even beyond there. So you were literally the first ever Black lefty to ever play at Notre Dame at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was. I don't. I don't remember any other ones that was, but. I know I wasn't the first black quarterback or nothing, but mm-hmm. first black lefty. Is, yeah, you know, still that's, that's, that's still big though. I'll take that's that. Still, you know, I, I hold on to that one. <laughs> yeah, that's still a score. That's still a score. That's still a score. <laughs> yeah. That counts. Bar, bar. That's a touchdown. <laughs> that's still a touchdown. <laughs> yes, that. sir. Yeah, that's a touchdown. That's awesome, bro. Congrats. And I, I like that mindset, you know, like throughout your high school journey, your mindset was calculated and you know even though you weren't really on you know the individual training thing everything else was planned and thought out and you put that extra work in you know what I'm saying like you said you had you had that it's confirmation not coincidence you know I like absolutely confirmation not coincidence it's like like you said when all the hours all the unseen work all the plyometrics when all that comes together at that one camp. At the one camp. And yeah. I was like, okay, all right, you know? 
And, and then it's, it doesn't need another level of proof at that point. Mm-hmm. Now it's just about consistent execution. And a lot of people can't get to that because they don't get that proof first. Sometimes, you know, it takes a while to get it. But, you know, if it takes too long, you got to figure out maybe it's the process. So there's always an answer, in my opinion, for why you're not where you should be. I love what you said just there. If it's not proof, maybe it's the process. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's so real. Because there's a lot of people that are talented and they're not getting the proof, like you said. Yeah. Absolutely. And that sucks. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think about the rap game and I'm like, there's so many great rappers. I don't even think it's about being good anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, how can you... I don't even know how, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the hardest industry in the world. Yeah. Because hella people can rap. And they probably got better bars than your favorite rapper. You know what I'm saying? It's just, they just not, damn. To me, it comes down to exposure. Because I I realize a lot, too, in in music business and sports and, and, well, sports entertainment, a lot of times there's a lot of hiding of talent. (laughs) Like people, it's kind of like companies, how sometimes a person will buy your company just to shut your company down. Yeah. Like, damn, you're going to pay him 10 M's just so he can't ever make no nothing again, (laughs) just to wipe him out. Like, and that's what happens. Look at, look at Denver with Bull Bull, right? Everyone's like, yo, he's nice, but it's like. You know, who knows? The, 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 sometimes the situation is just there's so much talent in the situation. There's so much talent. You know, and exposure. You don't have that exposure. So now no one really knows um, how good you are or how good you could be. Yeah. And that. And Overqualified. Overqualified. That's the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> what a cop out of a thing to say, though. Right? Another person there overqualified. Well, I should be having your job then. You know, whatever job is above you, then I should have that one. Because it was by default. It was a manager. It was a manager and the VP. And I'm going to be working underneath the manager. And she's like, I'm like, you could be doing her job. Like, you should be doing her job. I'm like, all right. But obviously, but even it, okay, that means I should definitely get this job then because I'm going to do it the best. And I think, too, is that what it always comes down to for me, which I try to tell people all the time, is that at the end of the day, you're just going to realize that you all are too quali- overqualified and that you're only going to be happy, you know, doing it yourself or working on your own business yourself. So you'll never be happy chasing a promotion, chasing some job that's paying you in security. Because that's really what it is. It's not even about the money. It's about the security. So, you know, you got to get comfortable with uncomfortable if you really want to be happy in what you pursue. Exactly. And also to your point, it's uh, it's a test for the testimony, right? Because um, what what the, what I, I heard something right on a I think it was on the Royce the Five Nine album Allegory, and he was like. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, you know? So just like, I just look at this as, all right, 
he's just giving me or she's giving me more signs. Practice, you more know, signs that I need to be doing my own thing. <laughs> exactly. And and just more battles. So now I can because everything's relatability, right? A lot of, uh, everything's relatability or I've experienced your experiences and he's just giving me she's giving me more experiences, more life stories, more life journeys to share. And, you know, through that, if I don't get overqualified, I'm not making this because mm -hmm. I've been gathering knowledge, working so hard. And then I realized, like, oh, like you got to work smarter, not harder. <laughs> I've been yeah. working so hard. And, and, you know, and I think also, too, I, I don't really I never really shared my goals. I never shared that when I was working at MSG, when I was working at agencies, when I was doing I never shared it. So now mm -hmm. I don't have the social proof and social capital. People I'm recruiting for certain things and not like, oh, okay, I didn't know you're doing this. I know you're doing that, you know. So. So going back to Notre Dame, right, what was your thought process behind being a uh, film major? Did you always want to be in front of the camera, Stuart Scott vibes? Uh, no, really, it was just, I figured because I was playing quarterback at a place like Notre Dame that I would need to be at least knowledgeable of what I could do to be in front of camera and handle the questions or whether it be, you know, what it needs to be looking like and just diving more into what, I see on TV that's filming me, you know, to know the study what you're being studied on. So it's all related and uh, you, you gain an appreciation uh, and what goes into what it takes to capture what you're doing because, you know, watching film is a lot of like film and television, you know, in terms of the rewind, play, fast forward and the functionality of angles and how that plays into it and telling the story is always a part of what I wanted my career to be like was a story. So storytelling is huge in film and television. So a lot of it played really well together for me. And I didn't have the intention of being like, oh, I want to be on TV after football. I thought I was going to be Tom Brady. So, you know, that's the way I thought it was going to be. But having a chance to see it on the other side, it was kind of like called towards it more so than put in a bunch of resumes, you know what I mean? I think it just shows that, you know, when you're doing the right things that you feel is right, it, it continues to put you in the right position. So even though it didn't work out like me being Tom Brady necessarily, I did find a chance to get in a place where I can still be even more seen than being on the, on the field like a Tom Brady. So it's it's a pretty cool trade-off. Exactly. And to your point, I do like the fact that with your major, you were strategic about it. You know what I'm saying? In, in terms of you're going to use, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get interviewed as the quarterback. You're going to be, you know, the spokesperson per se. And also, like you said, you're going to be watching film. I'm going to be looking at different videos, different forms of video. So let me get comfortable with video. Let me get comfortable in front of the camera. And also. Yeah, I didn't know how to turn on the projector. So like, I was like, <laughs> I probably need to know what goes into a projector to know how to fix the film. So it was really uh, interesting because I just, I just really wanted to be 
in the league. You know, I wanted to be really good. So you end up finding things that help that as you go along. Yeah. So, so talk about some memorable Notre Dame moments outside of football like that were like stuck, stuck out to you, or, you know, maybe it was like a theme day or a certain class or a certain uh, guest speaker or certain, a certain project. Really, it was just taking it all in. It's like summer camp that you see on TV. You know, you go away to the far off in these small little cabin woods and, you know, you're with your best friends doing all type of activities. It kind of felt like that on a college level because it wasn't like you were in a city necessarily. It wasn't like you was around a bunch of, you know, business-like ventures. It was really just a school it was set up real nice, like a like like a summer camp. So I just think just the dorm life and and being so close to people that had so much, but we were all living under the same standards and quality of living, which was, you know, nothing to even be impressed with. You know, these kids that go to Notre Dame, that would feel like jail. You know, I'm, I'm sure. So for them to be so happy and sleeping in them little-ass bunk beds in them little-ass rooms with no air conditioning, some of them, and them had the time of their life, you know, you really got to see that it wasn't necessarily about how much money you had. It was more about, you know, are you buying in to the tradition? Are you buying in to the experience? And when you're mindful and present in the experience, you you, you take a lot from it. Mm-hmm. All right, so... You had a, a run at Notre Dame, right? And then you transitioned to UF. And can you talk about what made you decide to, to go to UF? Because you might also make history with the first Black lefty, I think, there ever, too. <laughs> there you go. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's my own story. I feel like that's a great accomplishment, but uh, yeah, I, I finished, I had graduated. So it was like, I graduated from Notre Dame, you know, and I had a chance to do a second recruitment. Like whoever gets a chance to do that again, they have major schools offering you again. And at the time, this was before it started getting big, you know, before, like right before it started getting as big as it is. So I graduated, I had my grad transfer year and as a second recruitment, I really just want to get out of the cold, say I can play in the SEC, you know, have that experience. That was just like the G League of NFL, in my opinion. And then to play quarterback for a year was like a rookie year tryout before the real thing. So it's just set up and the setup just was great at the time. And I liked what the coaches that I knew, I liked what they had set up. So it was it was pretty spec it was pretty cool until you know everything didn't plan out how it was supposed to but um I got to say I played at two totally different places which is which is pretty cool too. How would you describe mentally how you kept strong throughout your college career? Because it's 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 success than in injury. You know what I'm saying? That was Yeah, it's pretty lame to be able to get hurt right at the 
the cusp before you're supposed to really blow up. It's just lame because, you know, injury like that, you can't really do anything but sit out for the whole season. So it's not like you something you could tough through, which was what I felt like I was built for anyway. If it was like just a sore toe or something or something that you would fight through throughout the season, not something that just take you all the way out, you know. So it really was lame in the, the fact that we had I mean, the ship was rolling. We had the everything in place, and I was running it. Uh, we were doing really well, and to get her so early, like it could, I, you know, if I could have at least saved it, I hope. I wish it was like at least after we played some of those big games we had right after that. So um, everything happens for a reason, and you know, you learn a lot about yourself when you're so close to making it, and how do you readjust by it? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, how did you like? What did you use more, Eric Thomas? Like, how did you overcome that? Because it is a, it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot. Um, mentally, that's that's a very mental. You're pissed. You're frustrated. Yeah, you're just more pissed than anything. It's not even like you're. It's just pissed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you just you just get through by. But next day, you just challenge yourself on different things. You know, I always felt like I could learn something about the game, even if I was on or off the field. And it teaches you to be a better leader. You can't necessarily lead by example, but being able to help guys get to their spots and and maintain kind of the the power that you had as the quarterback to kind of help guys get in the right positions leadership from different angles and sides is really uh is really what I felt like helped build better relationships for me down the road and in general you know yeah and I'm glad you shared that there is no special formula it's just take it day by day because that's what it is you just gotta take be grateful you have a next day <laughs> you know yeah. and because any it's not we're not guaranteed a set amount of time so it's just I have this today and I can make this the best day possible. And then I can proceed and try to stack two good days together then three. And then, you know, that's really, that's really all you can do. And then at the same time, don't dwell on it, you know, make something out of it, <laughs> you know, really, really make some out of it. Really, really take the time to better yourself and not, cause you can easily dwell and go into a hole of depression and anxiety. And that's how it all starts. Cause you dwell on the L you keep reminiscing about the injury. You keep reminiscing about, Oh, I could be this. I could be, no, it's, you, you can do this. You can do that. You know what I mean? So, so thank you for sharing. So, okay. Now I would love for you to share what your NFL trying out um, competing pra- process was and like what your strategy was to, to, uh, make your professional dream come true? Well, you know, I was just fortunate enough to get a chance to do a rookie mini camp with Jacksonville, who was my favorite team growing up. So it really was like a dream come true for really? that aspect. Yeah, it was, it was just my favorite team. So to be able to do a rookie mini camp with my favorite team, man, it felt real as, uh, as I thought about growing up, you know, and I, and I did really well, you know, it wasn't, that I didn't get signed because I wasn't good enough. It's like, you know, the numbers game in the NFL. So 
lot different than college. You know, NFL is nothing you can really control, but I took advantage of my opportunity and made some great relationships. And, you know, I took some pictures. So it was cool to be able to cool to be able to play, at least practice with your favorite team as, as real as it was uh, growing up. So I couldn't have wrote it any better than that, I guess. How did you now take all these experiences and then start your uh, broadcasting career with overtime and, and CBS Sports? Man, honestly, it just was really, just really good openness and relationships, man. You just have people that you're a good person, you're on your P's and Q's, and you righteous about how you're going about things and you know, you, you don't miss on those opportunities that come your way and you make sure you follow up and capitalize on them and they tend to they tend to be in your favor. You just got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. And and can you talk about more about like your your day to day? Because what is the day to day experience like of being on radio and on on their personality, you know? Uh, the thing is just traveling. Uh, it's not like I'm doing the studio stuff, like how you got Undisputed or how you have, like, you know, when you see Charles Barkley and those guys. So for me, um, the travel is probably the, the most hectic thing because games are every weekend. So it can be different cities and uh, a lot of hotel food, but uh, it's it's pretty exciting considering it still feels like football except you're not getting hit, you know. <laughs> and you always win. And I always win. It's kind of cool. They don't they don't get on you like coaches would. <laughs> and did you did you um with this past football season, what was was what was the experience like compared to well was your your the COVID season? Was that your first season as an on-air personality and on the radio? No, that was my second season. I was fortunate to get the games I did during COVID because you know a lot of them was messed up. You know, a lot a lot wasn't going right. So I did get some good games that year, and you know, hopefully, I get bigger and better ones the year coming up. And then you you like you said, look at the definition, just really things, and to really come up with things. So how would you how would you describe your analyst style if you had to say? Uh I'm still I'm still every day, man, growing it. So I'll, I like to try to do things that I've heard and put my own spin on them. I try to read kind of just how I would just talk in a game. Like I feel like I talk a lot of stuff in Madden. And okay. how I talk to myself when I play Madden versus other people, I just do that on TV. It's kind of how it, kind of how I make it happen. Are you PlayStation or Xbox? I'm a PlayStation guy, man. Wow, you're it's lefties. You get it. <laughs> the PlayStation is different. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, who's your team on Madden? I like the Cardinals, but uh, you know, I can use whatever. I like I just like the playbooks and the schemes and it's like it's like chess for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Some dudes play chess, some dudes play man. The way video games are going is so crazy that I should shit. I mean, the way people are making this money off of it, sitting in their rooms is 
It's pretty outrageous. Real talk. You know, there's you know there's there's an app called Player Players Lounge. Where yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, and my boy makes like three to five hundred dollars every week just playing oh, man. Right here. And then through that, now he um he were he's for team four brothers. It's like a gaming league now with like Max Crosby is the owner of it. And like you said, it's just video games is that's the number one uh stream thing on YouTube is video game players. Oh, and it's crazy because you outside looking in, you just watching a dude play video games. But if you actually watch it, it's low-key really entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, for me, I don't know. I'm just like back in the day, we could we couldn't just watch your we home. We couldn't just play. do that. Yeah, we I couldn't, couldn't just yeah, do I that. <laughs> we it wasn't it wasn't a thing. It would always be like, oh, I'm trying to play or whatever. But we don't even play. We just be watching it like it's TV episodes. That's how these kids are, and it's yeah. just and it's weird, bro. I'm watching my eight year old, my twelve uh, year old cousin. Literally, he's in middle school. I just watching him just on. I'm like, yo, you just watching him play the video game, like I'm not even alone. wanting to play, not even wanting to play themselves. It's just like, yeah, I just like why. It's it's sick. It's uh, I love it. I love that you came in and really did this, bro. Because like I said, you're a new father. You know what I'm saying? You probably have the craziest schedule. Can you talk about your sleep schedule? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could talk about it because it's non-existent right now. <laughs> does it does a baby? I mean, I've never had a kid, so like I don't know the first month. So like, what is it? Like he's just crying every two three hours. Well, you know when when you're only couple days old you don't really know anything about anything so exactly. they don't know anything about time they don't know anything about anything so yeah. literally just imagine a person not knowing anything about anything everything is new and all you can do is literally cry to communicate with people most stressful shit in the world. <laughs> no, it's not that stressful, but it's actually it's actually really cool because you know it's like an empty bucket. You gotta fill it every day and uh, not tip it over. That's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. And and protect the bucket, you know, because they always say like I think especially now, now knowing what we know, a lot of it now is we're unlearning and relearning, <laughs> you know? A lot of that. We're doing Good a thing. lot of unlearning and relearning. Yeah, and that's the best part, man. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of this stage and that we're, most of us or a lot of us are headed towards. Um, the unlearning part is so important because at a time like this, I get to, not unlearn, but put in, you know, I get to teach the right stuff. So um, it just shows how important knowing yourself is and knowing the right stuff is, because now you see the importance of having kid, kids and what a legacy could really be if you set, set it in, in motion the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, um, how would you describe the mindset you carry that has allowed you to have success and be focused and have a plan? Like, would you, how would you describe your mindset? 
you just going back to knowing yourself, you gotta read a book. People don't read enough. So in my opinion, I think if you read enough of the right stuff, even if it's for five, 10 minutes of the day, it can give you a better perspective on things that can change how you think about things. So you ain't reading nothing good, just through common sense, you're not gonna get good results through your actions. Not saying you can't look at what you like, but read some stuff that can actually be helping you produce something that can stimulate you enough or inspire you enough to not be an idiot. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all right. You know, if people will stop believing in the TV, I think you would have a chance of really doing something special. So it's the harsh <laughs> reality. Knowledge, yeah, is, people, knowledge is everything, bro. Yeah, having having the right information yeah. is everything, and applying the information is everything. I think when you get so accustomed to people telling you things and you get very comfortable and just believing that it that you don't want to believe that it couldn't be true it's a dangerous place you put yourself because it's like you would let anything happen to you <laughs> mm -hmm. okay now let me let me ask you a question i think this is really important can you give me i'm gonna put you on the spot I, I need two or three. I need two or three books that can help someone have a foundation because what you're saying is still valid, but the reality of, of, of the situation is most people don't have that right foundation to have common sense. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's the one book. It's called Power Verse Force. Uh you know, understanding power dynamics. I think for Black people specifically, we need to understand power and what power is and, and not be afraid of it because um, that's, you know, it's what everybody needs and, and able to even be credible as having an existence, you've got to have some form of power. So that's a good book to read. Um, another book, Another book you should get is Know Thyself. You know, I think application of knowing yourself can help you understand that, um, you know, it's a lot that you can do to change your outcome of what you think you can't get out of or what you're involved in every day. So, you know, these are also just books now. These ain't nothing but tools to help you apply it. <laughs> you know, if you apply it, it's just it's words on the paper. So it's a really good book. And then, um, let me see. One more good book I'll give you for today. Gems, you're getting gems, baby. <laughs> Another good book I'll give you is Get you one of these. 
these books, <laughs> you know, when, when it gets real hairy out here, man, you know, when you're watching the news, you know, you got to make sure that you're able to protect your people around you because I guarantee you if they know more than you, they win. So at least you give yourself a chance to defend yourself. So, you know, like I said, man, knowledge is a huge, not even knowledge, just the application of knowledge and reading the book is real powerful. Changing your perspective can really change your reality. So read something to stimulate that and, you know, you're going to be on your way. Stop asking people to tell you every fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, here's here. Okay. You go. That's what a caveat you ask, you ask, you ask. It's okay mm-hmm. for them to say no. It's okay to ask. You know. Yes, what I'm de- yeah, definitely, definitely ask questions. Yeah. But don't ask people to tell you everything. You know, yeah. you, if they tell you something, at least have the the mindfulness to double check shit <laughs> or or want to research for even further. You know, extend and expand the knowledge, but you know, don't stop at just somebody telling you something. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Since COVID has happened, what have you learned about, about yourself? Have you learned a new skill? Have you learned a new habit? Yeah, I can put some things together now. I got some, some Amazon boxes over the COVID and, you know, I constructed half of the thing standing in the crib, you know, felt pretty good about building a little garden and, and uh, getting hands in the dirt a little bit. Um, and then just learning how to adapt. I think that's probably the coolest thing is that everybody learned how to adapt if they wanted to or not to different circumstances going on in the world itself. So um, definitely survival of the wise is not the strongest. And, you know, hopefully I think people can catch on before they get tricked out of their own wallet. <laughs> and, and, any more passion projects, any more ventures, um, or any more, you know, social media plugs or any more promotion? I'm doing some radio stuff here and there. You know, I was just getting off of basketball, so mm-hmm. I'm going to come back in this season with that as well. Mm-hmm. And I got my own bourbon, Lucky Lefty Bourbon. Okay. Uh, Nora Whiskey is the company, but it's the Lucky Lefty Bourbon you got to try, man. I'm telling you. Lucky Lefty Bourbon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Backpack. Yeah, if you got that, definitely got to send you. Mm-hmm. Definitely got to send you one. So talk, so talk about talk about your uh, lucky lefty bourbon. What was the inspiration and what goes into it? Give us the vibe of it. What we what we what we gonna experience with the lucky lefty? What we gonna get? Uh, I call it I call it the second communion is better than Hennessy. So first of all, you you go to church for your first communion is great. And you come home for that second one and get you a good night going. So yeah. that's uh, my thing for it. But it's it's a Nora whiskey, which is we're basing it in, in somewhat of a partnership with Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame inspired. Uh, it's made the, the actual bourbon is made from the bench wood in the stadium. So wow. it's, you literally taste in Notre Dame and then the, the wood shop across the street, the Notre Dame wood shop makes our boxing and, and uh you know, the whole process is pretty, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool process. Um, I have a bourbon and then we have Tavon Coney who has the whiskey. So, you know, we're expanding in that field and hopefully we, uh, you know, take off with it like we're doing right now. A lot of good things coming down the pipeline. 
Okay. And then what made you personally decide, you know, let me get involved with this type of uh, business venture? You know, with in business, there's a lot of network meetings and there's a lot of things that you do on an event level. To, uh, I see myself as a great connector. So, you know, what's better than having a great connecting piece like a nice bottle of bourbon? You know, I feel like a lot of people can come around something like that and get great ideas together. So what better than instead of a business card, you give them a bottle of bourbon, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And like you said, it's all about the the connection and the relationship. And through building that connection and that relationship, and like you said, you have an idea of what it takes to be a good networker and relationships and, you know, high quality uh, adult beverage is one way to really bring together a room or open up a room in the right situation. So I, I appreciate you sharing, you know, some insight on what makes Lucky Lefty uh, a great adult beverage, but at the same time, what inspires it? Ohio legend, Notre Dame legend, Florida legend, now LA Cali legend, Malik Zaire. Thank you so much for, for taking time out your, your busy schedule. Congrats on fatherhood. Uh, congrats on a historic career, you know, in college football. Congrats on a productive and fruitful career in television and broadcasting and radio. And thanks for sharing that a foundation is really serious and it's really critical to um, success. It makes success a lot higher, a higher success rate. Uh, thanks for sharing that you gotta do it yourself and you have to read and you have to take the initiative if you wanna be great. And thanks for Absolutely. also sharing that when times get hard, all you got to do is approach it day by day and you have to have faith. And lastly, thanks for sharing that when you put the work in, when you are determined and you are really have your mind set on success and greatness, you will get confirmation. You won't, it won't be coincidence. And if that doesn't work, you know, if you it's don't get your process, <laughs> your process. come on. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm saying? And this is something that's applicable from 13 to 380. You know what I'm saying? You can always check the process. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time and, and, and I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. I'll see you later.